Hi, this is Mike. This is Russ. And this is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunical community. It's Saturday, the 24th of January. This is almost live, because as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to be editing it, adding music, and sticking it up on Tinternet for you all. Uh, and uh, I've got what I'm going to say. Oh, yes, it's episode 92. Is it 92 or 93? I think it's 92, isn't it? Hold on a minute. It's 93. Sorry, 92 was last week. Yes, it's losing my religion this week. I did that a long time ago. But anyway, I'm joined as always by Russ and Mike. Guys, how have you been? What have you been up to this week, Russ? Me, I've been sitting in traffic with the joys of Operation Stack. So uh, whichever bastard invented that should really be shipped off in part exchange to ISIS. Well, they can't and, really uh, be shipped off, can you? That's part well, of the problem. You know, yeah, that is part of the problem. Might have to fly them over there by a carrier pigeon or something. But uh, well, well spotted, sir. And um, just recovering from uh, last night's carnage of uh, King 810, who this time made it into the country. We didn't get to see them when me and Mike were in Toronto. And they were then followed up by Corn and the Mighty Slipknot. Needless to say, it was very loud, lots of fire, and uh, I'll be recovering for most of the day, I think. Excellent. Did you get alcohol up, or were you just running No, no, around? no. I was sitting there with my pint of water, but I did buy my nephew a, uh, a half pint of Bulmers, which cost me a fiver, half a pint, 330 mil, nice. which, uh, if you're not from the uh, the UK, it's fucking expensive. Um, even that, that's expensive for the UK. <laughs> half a pint for a fiver. Wow. Not mm. bad, eh? Not uh, bad. You probably buy half a pint of a spirit for that. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> no. I was like, you know, do we just sneak in a bottle of Blue Nun for him? You know, it's getting to that point. Oh, but, my God. Uh, Nightmare. There you go. But uh, I, I do believe Mike saw it a couple of days before me in Mighty Manchester. So uh, how did Mike get on? Yes, indeed. I um, I missed the opening band um, because I was having a nice Coke in the pub. Um, but, uh, <laughs> priorities, Mike. Priorities. <laughs> yeah, a nice line on the bar. Yes, um, and and but it was very good. It it wasn't as good as the Toronto show we saw. But the the quite fun part was the um, was clown walking into the standing section with two very big security guards who then panicked when he he ran into the middle of all the standing section to jump around with his head cam on and dance around, which. I think took them by surprise how much uh, energy was involved with that. But that was very, uh, very good show. Corn were good. Slipknot were amazing. But I, I think that we saw them um, at a better show in Toronto. I think they've yeah. been because they've been touring quite a lot. It showed more in the uh, Manchester show. But the other thing as well was the um, hotel opposite work. Both tour buses were there all day, and um, a few of them were spotted by somebody that I work with without the mask on and everything. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit weird, weird walking around Manchester with masks on, just you know, yeah, yeah. going shopping and stuff. <laughs> in Primark, yeah. Yeah, in Primark. <laughs> just blending with the regulars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so all good. Matt, lots of work. How's Matt? Uh, Matt's not gone to any Slipknot shows this week, um, so I'm feeling a bit left out. Uh, I've, it's mostly been work, actually, if I'm honest. Uh, I'm going mm-hmm. away to see some friends next week, so... There won't be a podcast because I won't have the time to edit it. We'll have to catch up the following week. Uh, so I've kind of been preparing for that, really. Um, yeah, that, that's about it, really. I'm going to go up to the jewellers later on today to pick up new wedding rings. So me and my wife are celebrating our 22nd year of marriage. How about that? And cool. uh, we decided... Yeah, well, yeah, it was last kind of last week. So, But thank you anyway. I appreciate that. And um, we decided that we were going to get new wedding rings made because... 
well, it was a long time ago that we got married and our ones are looking a little tired. So we decided to get some new ones, a couple of sort of matching wedding rings. So we're just going to pick them up. So there we go. That's kind of my news, really. But yeah, it's been otherwise a pretty normal week in the world of Matt. Uh, of course, Monday was uh, our self-proclaimed day of celebration, the Kunakor Day, uh, which proved to be very successful, I felt. Lots of people got involved this year. Uh, this is the second year that we've decided to run it. Uh, did a competition, did an event, posted all over the social networks. And it's fair to say we got a great response. There was literally thousands of uh, different people contributed to the success of the day, which has meant that the last few days when I've not been working, has been spending dra- drafting up a list of people, which I can then randomly select winners from. So that's now been done. I'm finally managed to do that late last night. Uh, winners have been contacted uh, via various methods, depending on, well, basically how I come across them, whether it's on Facebook or on Empty Spiral or on Tumblr or on Twitter. So if uh, it's probably worth checking direct messages on Twitter and uh, emails and um, messages on Facebook, just in case you are a winner yourself. Uh, I have received notifications back from two of the three so there's only one person left to contact me uh, and then it's a case of sending out the three posters and of course the limited edition signed broken crown halo art book which is probably going to bankrupt me uh, <laughs> in terms of postage costs but we'll see how that one works out so yeah very very successful lacuna Court day loved it uh really had a good time myself i was gonna not about you guys but i was gonna do a little bit more i i, I listened to a lot of lacuna call across the course of the day but i was actually planning on kind of going through all my my merchandise and my memorabilia and kind of sort it all out because it's scattered across various cupboards and drawers around my house because i'm a you know terribly messy person but i didn't get around to it so there you go <laughs> I, I tried Same again, just, just sifting t-shirts I, I i most of my lacuna call t-shirts are in a cupboard like away Purely because I've got so many T-shirts now, it is crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to do with them all. If I'm honest. I really ought to hang them up or get one of those vacuum bags and put them all in there or something for prosperity. There's some I've not even worn. How, how terrible is that? <laughs> I know. Oh, it's just crazy. I just keep buying the bloody things. There we go. Never going to be short on T-shirts in my house. <laughs> so hey, that's that's kind of been me. Did you guys get up to anything special on LC Day? Just uh, wore a T-shirt. We were enjoying the silence. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Fair enough. Right, so what we're doing this week then? Uh, Well, I've talked about Lacuna Core Day, talked about the competition winners. This week, what we thought we were doing, the first of, well, I would imagine three different discussions, not all today. We thought we would um, give each of us the opportunity to write a set list and then we will discuss that set list. Obviously, a lacuna core set list. I think I'm just double checking just in case you slip something a bit crazy in there. Uh, so, journey, Peter Andre. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of uh, M people just to mix it up a bit. The first person that's done this is is Russ. So you've got your set list. And um, firstly, before we run through the songs, did you have anything in mind when you was this like a, a favourite song set list, or was this particularly themed, or how did you? Do- um, Right, my set list is generally composed around what I would ideally like to see, um, both comprising my favourite songs and what I think would work well in a live setting at a show. 
Uh, it's I'd call it a, a heavy and energetic set list, and I've timed it around about an hour and twenty, which I suppose is the average amount of time that a lacuna coil gig is. If that if that's sort of headline, it's normally between an hour and ten, an hour and thirty. So it's an hour um, show and then a twenty minute encore. So uh, we can rattle through the songs and, and see what you guys think, really. Okay, all right. So do you want to take us through it then, mate? And uh... sure. So um, we start off with the uh, the classic Karma Code opening with "You Create What I See," which I still think is the the best opening they've ever done. We then go into "Fragile," which is then followed up by "Trip the Darkness." "Trip the Darkness" is followed by "Intoxicated," and then "Die and Rise." We then go into "Zombies," sort of a little bit of a, a mid-set theme there. And then we go into Upside Down, which just keeps it heavy. Staying Relentless, we then have To The Edge, followed by Kill The Light. Get get the crowd going, we then have Closer, yeah. followed by Heaven's A Lie, because, you know, we've it's all seen it right. a thousand times, but I think it has to be in there. Heaven's A Lie gets followed up by the classic period, which is then My Wings, going into Daylight Dancer, followed by Hyperfast, topped off by 119 which sort of brings a, an hour set to the close. And then coming out encore time, it opens with Nothing Stands in Our Way, into I Don't Believe in Tomorrow, followed by Tightrope, and then finishing off with that bombastic finish of Our Truth and a shitload of people jumping up and down. So uh, that is my hour and 20-minute set list. Uh, with party balloons these days. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Lots of party Black and red. Black, Black, and, red. Black and red party balloons. Right, okay. So you've got a lot of... Um, Karma Code and Dark Adrenaline on there, haven't you? Well, you think? It's a lot, yeah, it's a lot. So uh, I think it works well for you know the live setting because it's it's a heavy set list. You know, I listen to a lot of music. If I'm going to a live gig, I like to hear something heavy. I think Lacuna Coil's best songs at the current climate are the heavy ones. You look at the reaction for Zombies, which is why you've got that Die and Rise, Kill the Light, Id Bit. Nothing stands in the way. It's, I, I view that as probably you know one of the heaviest set lists you could put together for a, a Lacuna Coil show, if I'm honest. I would agree. That is, a, mm-hmm. that is a very, very heavy set list. So let's just sort of talk through some of the songs for a moment then. So you'd start off with You Create What I See. You said before that it's uh, the best opening. So why is that? Why, why does that kind of um, that vibe? Just because of the how, how it sort of blends together. Obviously, You Create is something of an instrumental intro. The band sort of come out and it just sets up what you're about to see no pun intended um and ideally you know if you could get the the classic karma code set of the masks coming out with a bit of smoke and some light you know it's just going to add to the atmosphere and the occasion but i just think that's the perfect opener to get the crowd up and going okay and then fragile fragile was, i was quite surprised to me when i read that you you were going to follow it up straight in after the opener with fragile what was your reasoning behind that um again just to keep it straight punch to the face you know get everyone up and moving Fair enough. Trip of Darkness, yeah, I can understand why that, that, that Trip of Darkness is always one of those songs that I feel is very much front loaded on a set list. You know, it, it needs yep. to be there. It's it's a, an energy raiser sort of thing. Um, intoxicated, interesting. Why intoxicated? Uh, just because I think it adds something different to a set. You know, there's there's a lot of changes in that song. There's a lot of synth, and again, you know, it's a good song for if anyone's ever watched the lighting at a Lacuna Coil show. It gives uh, Wolfie a bit of movement to uh, do something special and magical with that song. Mm, that's that's very true, actually. Dying Rise and Zombies. That's a natural combination, isn't it? As you say, you've got a bit of a theme there. Yeah, plenty of bass heavy. Yeah, upside down. That's that's kind of. A, a lighter song in some respects, isn't it? I mean, it's still a, a, 
still quite bombastic, but just the the way it's constructed, it's um, it's a bit of a dance number. It feels like to me, anyway. So yeah, I think you know, putting that sandwich between a couple of songs with closer, I think it's got that guitar heaviness and that that push pull up and down sort of rhythm. So uh, you know, it was a toss up between that or you know something else off of Karma Code. Yeah, and I like the way that you then go into To The Edge because that's got a similar kind of vibe, isn't it? It's all heavy yeah. but but bouncy at the same time. And then um, sort of you know, leading on to a, a bit more bass as the, uh, the Kill The Light comes in. The Kill The Light's interesting because you, you, you went upside down to the edge. You could have then gone straight into Closer, but then you, you actually have Kill The Light. I do indeed. As I say, mm. just to sort of the, break it up a bit because, you know, I didn't want to put Closer to, again, avoiding puns too close to upside down because as you say it's got that sort of dancey beat and vibe to it so it's keeping keeping the crowd entertained and energized as much as possible with you know some great songs and plenty of band interaction the inclusion of heaven's a lie then did you you mentioned that you felt like you needed to rather than you wanted to uh, that, yes, that's the kind of vibe because... i got yeah, it's one of those songs that, again, to use Slipknot that we're talking about as an example to me, it's like if you go to a show from a band, you know, they say there is the expectation from a, a, a large proportion of the crowd that they want to hear a certain song. And I think for our generation, Heaven's a Light is that song. If you're looking at younger fans, it's probably more spellbound than Heaven's a Light. But it is still that iconic song. And I think it always looks great with the lighting, with the sort of the yellow strobe and flash that comes across the stage it's very atmospheric uh, it's very theatrical especially in the way that andrea and christina sing it on stage yeah we've seen and heard it a thousand times but i still think it adds something to a set you know arguably could have had swamped in there instead but you know i think it, it just needs to be in there fair enough and now a bit of a golden oldie and yeah the oldest song on the favorite song. part of the set list for me this is <laughs> my wings then so all the way back to in a reverie yeah. Um, why that one? Why that one over any other song on In A Reverie? Um, I just think My Wings has the opportunity to fit with modern songs from the likes of Dark Adrenaline and perhaps Broken Crown Halo, um, just because of the way that that song is is performed and the heaviness of, of the drums and the guitars, really. It's, it's upbeat. There's a lot of songs from In A Reverie that are more, sort of, dare I say, gothic and theatrical. But My Wings and, and Honeymoon Suite... You know, they just pack a punch still. Fair enough. Daylight Dancer then. So you, you throw that go in. Go home. Yeah, exactly. This is a bit where you confuse quite a big percentage of the older school Lacuna Core fans because, I, I, you know, by that stage I'm getting my coat on because you're playing Daylight Dancer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Daylight Dancer, obvious choice off of um, Coma Lies, other than, of course, Evans Alive or... You know, you... uh, no, it's just it's just a great, great song. And I think, you know, I haven't seen it live for a, a very long time now. Uh, I think the, the last time was probably just after, it's definitely on the Karma Code tour and possibly on one of the Shadow Life tours. But, you know, there's, there needs to be more love shown for Daylight Dancer. And that's that's why it's in there. It used to get a lot of love. You are right. I think it equally it does need to put <clears throat> itself back on the set list. Hyperfast then. So that's probably one of the more obscure songs in the set list. I think... It wouldn't surprise me if there are quite a few Lacunacore fans, newer Lacunacore fans, that maybe haven't even heard this song. Yep. Because of its, you know, because it was on the Half Life EP, um, and even then, not re- well, even now, not that readily available unless you get certain editions of Unleashed Memories that would include the Half Life EP. So, yep. 
great song, of course. I mean, I think we we show universal love for Hyperfast. Very, very different. What What was your reason for its inclusion? Just because I, th- I still think it's my favourite song, certainly in the top three to this day. And it's it's always difficult picking between Hyperfast and Half-Life. Hyperfast just wins out. Would I like to see both songs in a set? Yes, but would it work? Maybe not. And I think, again, as I mentioned, in a modern show in, in 2015, you know, throw a song like Hyperfast in the set, it's going to get people sort of thinking, what is this? They're going to go away. They're going to sort of seek it out and, and find some love for Hyperfast because, you know, as you say, you see it live and it's just as good, if not better, than how it is on the EP. It's an amazing song. Yeah, it is a great song. And then so the main set is uh, completed with 119. Is indeed got a mouse solo in there, and for for us, it's it's another one of those classic songs. It's heavy, it's energetic, it's upbeat. The band always love playing it live, and it always gets a great reaction. So you know, it's interesting decision to sort of tail the main set with it. Though. I was I, I wasn't expecting this. I just thought go out on a massive high. So you know, you could have sort of ended it perhaps with with Spellbound. You know, I'm not a massive fan of that song, so it's why I haven't put it on my particular set list or could have perhaps ended with either Daylight Dance on there or our truth. But I thought, no, do something different and end on one nineteen. Fair enough. Well, you're not gonna get any complaints from me anytime I get to hear one nineteen. It's good. It's a good day. So into the encore then. We've got four songs, as you say, totally in about twenty minutes. Yeah. Um Nothing Stands in Our Way is a classic, classic set list, um, sorry, set list, encore opener. I think we saw it in the recent tour and that that moment where Andrea comes in and screams out that word and brings them back on stage. Um, great. I mean, it's no surprise. I think that, that would have been my first choice to go on the opener of the, the encore. Um, was that your reason or was there another reason? That pretty much, yeah, me? pretty much. Again, just keep up that, you know, unrelenting heaviness and... Um, as, as we mentioned, it's it's another great, great song that's proving very, very popular at the moment. So bearing in mind, I've had sort of quite a lot of the, the old school songs at the, the back end of the set. It's it's bringing things back up now for sort of the, the younger kids in the audience. You're actually, your your encore songs, you've got one off of, well, everyone, every song's off a different album, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah. So in an attempt to clearly um, wear Lacuna Call out, you f- follow I Don't Believe in Tomorrow, Oh, sorry, follow it with I Don't Believe in Tomorrow, which is another another massively heavy song. Um, I mean, they're probably going to be they're gonna need to lay down after they've played this set list, I think. So Totally right. Yeah, but I think you can interchange those two. You know, you could you could switch them around because I think Idbit also works great as an opener. And then you could go straight into the, the, the fear and nothing stands in a way. So depending upon the given day, I think those songs are interchangeable depending upon the, you know, how tight the band are. Because uh, it's going to take some energy to play this set. Yeah, I, I, do you know what? On the subject of this, I completely forgot to mention it. When I was over in um, Milan just before Christmas, I was talking to Marco about <laughs> certain songs, and we—I can't remember. It was a couple of songs that he was talking about, and I said what he should do is merge them into one, like in, in a live setting, just go straight from one song to the next. And I'm trying to remember what those two songs are, and I think one of them was "I Don't Believe in Tomorrow," because we were talking about dark adrenaline. That's going to bug me now. We'll come back to that. Anyway, so, sorry, diverted. So, tightrope then. Why tightrope? Why there in the set list? Again, I think tightrope is one of the, the heaviest songs in the repertoire. And as I said, I've gone with the theme with this, which, is, as I mentioned, is heaviness. And if I could hear a song live that I love, it's going to be tightrope. It always gets a great reaction. 
Um, it's a great song to play on drums. I can see Ryan having a shed load of fun on this. And, you know, Marco always has a big shit-eating grin on his face when he plays this song, so uh, it's got to be in there for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, and finally, the inevitable, uh, Our Truth. Yes, Our so, Truth. So no surprise the there. Set, not the beginning of the set, <laughs> which we've had before, <laughs> yeah, which we won't mention. Out. Yeah, that's strange days when that happens. <laughs> so uh, was that, you know, did you start it off with, I've got to have our truth as a final closer or was that yeah, a, th- an act, it's, a, it's a classic decision? song? Yeah. I think it's a conscious decision because it's, it's a classic song. Um, and I think it is the, the perfect ending for a set list, whether it's our truth, whether it's daylight dancer, or, you know, perhaps you could have gone with a different theme. I could have, you know, ended it with say my spirit, but I think, you know, for this particular set, I'd much rather see our truth in there. I love my spirit as a song. It's great on the album. It works amazing live and you can get a, an awesome mouse solo. But, you know, given a choice, it, it would be our truth. Fair enough. And, okay, so what pained you to leave off of your set this in, Russ? Quite a few. <clears throat> I would have liked to have sort of given Broken Crown Halo a bit more love, but I've sort of approached it with the thought of what songs work well together thematically um, with that heaviness. Um, I think there could have been songs that I'd like to see in there, like a burning you in the end, I feel alive, which I'm a big, big fan of, which we'll come on to in, in late reviews, yep. but in trying to theme it around an hour and 20 minutes, you know, I just couldn't fit any more songs in there. So, uh, that's literally what I could narrow it down to. Fair enough. No shallow life though. No shallow life. No, did, did think about it. Did have a look at a couple of songs like I won't tell you, but you know, without sort of the underpinning shallow life to me, there, there are better songs to be put, put in a set list. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, no, no shallow life makes it on this occasion. No worries. No worries. And you didn't go all the way back to the original EP either. Something really crazy. No, uh, it would have been nice to see a, a bit of this is my dream in there, but would it work in a set list? That's probably a question mm. for another day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big question, isn't it? Might, Great song, Great I might song. Try, I might try to work it into my set list, though, when I do it. Mm-hmm. So what are your, what are your thoughts then, um, Mike, on Russ's set list? Would you go? Yes, very, very much so. <laughs> very heavy and uh, boombastic from start to finish. And the, the energy levels would be about 120% with it. I'm, I'm not even sure they could do it. I, mean, I don't think I, they could. <laughs> I think after 20 minutes, they'd probably keel over. But Ryan would still be bashing away. <laughs> On his own at the back. Yeah. Everybody else having to lay down. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is relentless. It really, really is. Cool. Well, thanks, Russ, for doing that. I'm sure we'll be, uh, we'll be getting the rest of us to, to do our own set list over the course of the next few weeks or months and uh, picking them apart as well. And we may all return to your set list in the, in the future when there's more songs and see if you've switched it around a little bit. Give you a tip. Put it together on a playlist. Listen to it and see how you get on with it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually the right way to do. Question: Do you keep that playlist now? Is that has that become your Lacuna Core playlist? I've got to make it yet, but I think I'll be doing it straight after this. I think you should. Yeah, yeah, I think you should. Okay, well, that brings us on to our review this week. 
continuing our march through the heady, heavy days of Dark Adrenaline. We are on to Lacunacle's cover of the REM classic, Losing My Religion. I think before we actually start the review, it's probably worth me spending a few minutes sort of talking about the original, just so we've got some context here. Losing My Religion was released on the 19th of February 1991, so a long time ago now. I'm sure a few listeners of this of this podcast probably weren't even alive when the song came out. Uh, this is the first single that came out of the Out of Time album, which may surprise a lot of people when I tell you that that was R.E.M.'s seventh album. Like a lot of people yep. didn't even realise R.E.M. existed until about Out of Time, but it's suffice to say that the, the Out of Time really kind of elevated them to the international um, indie rock circuit and, and quite a lot of fame came of it. The song became R.E.M.'s highest charting hit in the United States, uh, reaching number four on the Billboard Hot 100 chart uh, and it was also number 19 in the UK singles chart. Though it's not been covered as many times as Enjoy the Silence, it has been covered a number of times. Uh, I found nine semi-official covers plus a parody and if you actually google it on youtube you'll find there are hundreds of different covers uh from people trying their hand at this uh, classic i don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to some of the covers but i have and there's some really quite eclectic ones out there it's the post hardcore band scary kids scary scary kids scaring kids who did a kind of a soft punk version of this back in 2006 which is a lot of fun uh, Tori Amos has did a, done a very kind of slow and dreamy version of the um, on a, for the soundtrack uh, Higher Learning, and you can listen to that on YouTube. Very different, very well put together. There's a weirdo, weirdo Yankovic version which I've not tracked down yet. I, actually, to be fair, I didn't look at. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, um, but I need to check that out. If you're looking for something really crazy, check out the Grave Worm version of it. That is quite black. It's to say, <laughs> again, you can listen to it on YouTube, but that's really, really in the water. Um, yeah, really quite, quite fun to listen to. Um, Here's another track. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It really is. <laughs> it's called Losing My Religion. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is, actually. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I say it's a lot of fun. Uh, Trivium have done quite a few covers over the year, various different songs. And this has definitely got a Trivium vibe. If you know Trivium, you know the way they construct their music, you know the way they play their instruments, and the way they've remixed, remastered, whatever you want to call it, reinterpreted this song will come as no surprise. Uh, and there's also quite a, good, uh, quite a good cover by The Reticent, which I listened to last night. And again, it's nothing kind of that different, but they put their own take on the song. So there's lots of different cover versions out there. And I think... The challenge of reviewing a cover version, I might have mentioned this before with Enjoy the Silence, is you've got to put aside the fact that it is a cover version. You've got to recognise that what you're really doing is you're reviewing whether or not the, that interpretation of an existing song fits in with the band's style, whether it works musically, uh, and possibly even whether or not it's changed your view of the cover of the original song. So that's kind of a bit of background information on losing my religion. You guys, you got anything else you want to add to that? Uh, no, just about the uh, the number of cover versions. It's, it's surprising, I think, when you look how many there are. Um, and then we'll we'll go into uh, obviously the Lacuna Call version uh, in a minute. 
Mm. I think it's got a nice tie-in because obviously Losing My Religion is predominantly played on a, a mandolin by the uh, R.E.M. version with that main riff. And obviously on this particular album, it's the one Lacuna Coil record that features a mandolin, no less, on the opening of uh, Trip the Darkness. So, interesting. It is interesting. And, and I think it was um, the mandolin was played first and i think stipe said a long time ago that it was when berry played that little tune he kind of led on to them creating the song uh so i I do wonder whether or not they when they were putting the album together they i'd love to know which is lacuna call i'm talking about here whether the fact they had a mandolin in the studio at the time kind of were they thinking, should we actually use the mandolin in Losing My Religion? And then chose not to because it was available. You know, I don't even know. Maybe they weren't even being rec- being actually recorded at, at, at the same time. It was just coincidence that they used the mandolin on another song on Dark Adrenaline. We may never know. But It was a good and lucky day in the studio. You know, If it had been a ukulele or a banjo sitting there, we could be talking about a far less popular song. <laughs> Julie, <laughs> banjo. Kazoo. Julie Banjos or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure a little bit more work went into it than just walking, rolling into the studio. And go, there's a mandolin. I know. Let's do it in my religion. <laughs> I like to think that there's a little bit more prep time involved. <laughs> um, okay, so who wants to start on the review? Review. I think it's Mike. I think you'll go first this week. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah. Give, well, give your thoughts that. on it. Well, um, well, we've picked up on the uh, the old mandolin theme there. That's one of the most striking features I think about the original um, with the mandolin throughout but with the Lacuna Coil version it's got that dreamy much slower build up to it um, and it vocally I think this is one of the strongest performances ever with uh, with Christina going through the song there's the good interplay between Andrea and Christina with um, Andrea doing the main part of um, I Thought That I Heard You Laughing, etc. But the part where she changes into a higher key with every whisper of every waking hour, I, I don't think you can top that with any, any performance, or certainly not many with any songs. Um, I think that musically it works very well with the percussion throughout. Uh, so, well, the guitars as well work well, but I think the focus is more to be on the uh, vocal performance by Christina, and I think that it works really well. Fair enough. Russ, what are your thoughts on this song? Me, I've got a confession. I'm not a massive fan of this song, um, and it's a combination of two things. I mean, firstly, I'm a big, big fan of the REM version, as you mentioned, but put putting that aside, there's just something about it. I mean, it's not because it's a cover, because I love Lacuna Coy's interpretation of Enjoy the Silence, and I love the Depeche Mode song, and I think it works great live. It works great on the record. They sing it, and they play it amazingly. For me, Losing My Religion, there's, there's just something about it that doesn't quite fit. The, the positive for me is that it's a completely different version of the song, which I think is a great way to cover it. It's reinterpreted so that it's almost barely recognisable to the REM version bar, you know, the, the words in the chorus. I think that the strongest point Mike picked up on is Christina's vocal performance, which is amazing. She certainly hits, you know, the high repertoire in there in the range. And, you know, she's really going full at it. But, you know, 
there's just something about it. It doesn't sound like a Lacuna Coil song to me. It feels almost like it's something like, you know, you think of side bands and things like that. It just doesn't quite fit. And that's the, the one distraction for me. Um, it's got that interesting opening with the keyboard and the bass, and then it goes into that Christina vocals. Um, but the drums are just a little bit pedestrian for me. And I think there's just something about it that's a little pedestrian, especially sort of Andrea. You know, we know Andrea is full of energy live on the record he packs a punch and the chorus when he goes into it is just a little too pedestrian in the way it's sort of structured so unfortunately i'm not i'm not a massive fan of losing my religion if i'm honest okay so i'm kind of the opposite from you actually um and i and hence i'm about to do some defending of andrea's performance on this song see i'm not a big fan of losing my religion the original okay i've got out of time by rem and i think it's a, a great album uh, it's not the best album, in my opinion, but it's a great album. And I actually think that Losing My Religion is one of my least favourite R.E.M. songs. I find our, the, the Losing My Religion, the original, quite pedestrian. Okay, I think it's clever. I think it's well-constructed. But it is not... It, I, it's quite bland. Because it's pedestrian, in my opinion, uh, I like what Lacuna Coil have done with this song. Because, it's, irrespective of it being Lacuna Coil, it's no longer pedestrian. It's, it feels very different you said that it is been changed in a number of ways and it's almost unrecognizable I mean, lyrically they've not done a lot to change it actually it's a few minor things i've, I've looked at the uh, the song structure the lyrical structure from both songs listen to them both side by side and th there are a few minor changes but nothing too too outrageous and too complex complex there the music has changed quite a lot i mean it's still recognizably the same song but Marco, I think, has done a great job at reinterpreting this and actually giving it some energy that I think it lacked, in my opinion. Uh, where this song shines through for me is something that REM couldn't have done. And that's, you know, I'm, a, I'm an REM fan, so let's be clear on that. I'm not pointing the fingers. But it is actually the dual vocals work very well in this song. And I said this originally when I reviewed Dark Adrenaline way back when it came back came out. I really feel that using the dual vocals of Andrea and Christina work well because it tells a different story. And the, the story as Michael Stipe said many years ago is that it's that losing my religion is a kind of a term for being obsessive or um, kind of really pushing something hard. And he said, this was a kind of about obsessive love, but having the two vocals really changes this to almost like an argument. And I, that's what I really like. Now, Actually, it's one, at least on my version, one minute 19, I'm saying nothing, okay, is that point which I've made a note of and you both refer to is Christina going into the second verse where she raises the, the, the key every whisper, every raking hour, and it's great. It's great. I kind of disagree with you a little bit, Mike, about it being a best vocal performance. I think there are better vocal performances. But what I will say is that she downplays the first verse so yeah, it, yeah. it's a quite a simple song for her to sing at least it feels like it so when she kind of rocks in with that second uplifting verse it feels like a big change mm. uh, and, and that's one of the things i really love about this song because it makes it so different it makes it very christina very andrea very lacuna coil the point about andrea's kind of as you say uh, relatively i can't remember exactly how you described it russ but you said it was pedestrian the, the point about that that performance is 
I actually compare it to Stipe's version, and, it, and Stipe's version is just pedestrian to me as well. I, in my opinion, it's like I thought that I heard you laughing, I thought that I heard you sing, I think I thought I heard you try. So really, what we're saying is that Andrea is capable of so much more, but for whatever reason, they chose not to do that in this song and keep it similar to the way that it was done originally. So I think that would be my criticism, is that they could have done more with the song and made it even less recognisable as an R.E.M. song. But maybe I mean, I'm being over-defensive. But I like the back and forth between the two songs. Uh, I do think that uh, the the um, the song arrangement is the strength of the song. I do like the, the vocal performance of both of them. And I, I'm, I like it because I think it feels like a lacuna core song and I think it's made a otherwise okay song in my mind more interesting you know it's not the best lacuna core song out there but i actually prefer it to the original so in that respect i am very a polar opposite to you russ you know so <laughs> there we go which is great we've got to have that diversity so yeah i like the song what are we going to give it in terms of numbers what, what would you give it mike um probably uh six and a half okay fair enough uh russ five out of ten for me okay right down the middle uh, I'm, I say, I'm a big fan. I like this song. I like it, irrespective of the the fact it's a cover. I'm going to give this a seven and a half out of ten. I should add that they've, um, they sang it. I think they've only sang it live once. I think, and they sang it at the um, Rock TV Christmas party, uh, and it went well live. Actually, I thought they did a really good performance of it. I kind of half captured it on my camera because um, I wasn't really ready for it. I was like, oh, shit, bam. quick, turn the camera on. It's losing my religion. Um, so it didn't really come out that well. I said, the time, I've, I've, I think I put it on the YouTube channel, didn't I? On the Empty Spiral channel, which I'll, I'll post in the link. So, Okay, so I heard, a, did you say six and a half? Yes. Yeah, six six and, and a half, five and seven and a half out of ten for losing my religion. Okay, there we go. That brings us to a close this week on the Empty Spiral podcast. As is always the case, you can contact us via the Empty Spiral website, which is www.emptyspiral.net, where you can also link through to all of our social networks, send us messages, send us pictures, just send us shout-outs if you want. You can, of course, listen to the podcast directly from the site, downloading an MP3 if you wish to do it that way it's a bit old school these days i think actually downloading files like that uh, you can stream it directly from the site or you can also subscribe to us on either the itunes network or the stitcher radio network and by subscribing you can have the songs automatically come down to whatever listening device you choose to listen to uh don't forget if you do like what you hear on the podcast or you know even if you don't we won't tell anybody um do give us a review uh, five stars is always nice, you know. We we like five stars, don't we, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, shout outs to people that give us five stars. We might even mention you. There you go. It's an incentive for you. And yeah, write us a review. Um, give us a rating. It's always good to to know that people are enjoying what they listen to. And uh, if you do nothing else, make sure that you don't stop listening to Lacuna Coil. And we'll catch up with you very soon. It'll probably be two weeks now. As I say, I'm not available next week. Uh, but we're hoping that uh, we can. Um, catch up and maybe do an interview in a few weeks time but I'm sure there'll be lots more to talk about so until then thanks for listening and always and look after yourself goodbye cheers everyone see ya